Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to our very first episode of Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In today's episode, we're going to be introducing our show hosts and discussing what characters we've made for a playthrough of classic EverQuest and also diving into some EverQuest lore. With that, everyone, hello. My name is Anthony Joyce. I'm a best-selling D&D 5e game designer, active-duty U.S. Army strategist, husband, father of three young boys, and you can find me on Twitter at Thrawn589 or my website, anthonydreams.com. I'm joined by my co-host today, Stephen Lankowitz, Carlos Orea, and Derek Joyce. Over to you, Stephen. Hello, I'm Stephen Lankowitz, a longtime casual player of EverQuest, a habitual alt creator. When not playing EverQuest, chained to my desk working as an auditor. Looking forward to uh Exciting new adventure with old friends, and uh, looking forward to the future. On to you, Carlos. Hi, everybody. My name's Carlos. Uh, I'm also kind of a casual player. I, I used to play EverQuest way back in the day when it was uh, in 1999, almost, what is that, 22 years ago. Uh, so it's, uh, I'm very excited to go back in here and uh, you know, relive the experience and and. Now, since it's been 20 years, it seems like we've kind of forgotten everything. So it's kind of like playing a new game. So I'm very excited. Derek? Hello, everyone. I'm going to keep this simple. I'm a father of three, a husband of one, and an employed full-time in the public <laughs> sector. And that's all I got to say about that. Better than a husband of two. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, hey, hopefully husband of just one there. Uh, you never uh, know these days. Uh, <laughs> Gotcha. Now that we've introduced uh, all of our uh, show hosts, you know, what can you expect from the show? So we're going to be, uh, we've created uh, characters on the EverQuest live server, Eridune. It's a time-locked progression server. So every three months, they unlock a new expansion pack. Right now, they're up to Lucklin. And so we're going to be starting there with our, our characters and exploring the old classic EverQuest zones and be doing the dungeon crawls in those area. We'll also be exploring a lot of the lore of EverQuest. So when we visit a zone, we're going to pull from uh, TTRPG books on EverQuest or online books and uh, records that exist out there, posts and forums, and try to compile some short, concise uh, lore bits to share with the audience because it's kind of neat to figure out what the story is after we've played it for so many years. Discuss the history of the game, both its past uh, from the beginnings of how it was designed, through the multiple changes it went through to the present and also the future. And we're looking to have this podcast be bi-weekly, so you can expect more from us every other week. Now, let's discuss uh, what kind of makes EverQuest so special. And what did we play growing up, and why do we have a soft spot for this heart? So I'll, I'll start first here. And uh, I started also back in, I believe, 1999, right before, a couple months before the Kunark expansion came out. I started playing with my brother, Derek, and uh, I made a small gnome character, uh, an enchanter named Wickpuss, and uh, later on made a, a Shadow Knight ogre named Masher Smasher on the PvP servers. That was Balasek back in the, the day, which was every person for themselves. And then I went over to the team PvP servers, where it was like the bad people versus the short people and the elves and the good people. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to reliving that. Uh, what else? What are your all's experience with EverQuest? Anthony dragged me over to uh, EverQuest a few years afterwards, back in 2001. Started with a, a necromancer named Bakerman and started the adventure. Got sucked in and still playing to this day. Been casual ever since. Um, 
was able to get two uh, epics on a monk on separate servers, only the 1.0. Haven't done any really major raids, so nothing nothing to talk about there. And uh, yeah, Anthony, I think, you know, I'm really excited about this and I think it'll be a lot of fun. I like I like how you keep saying you play casually, but if this were a job, you'd be getting your pension this year from playing EverQuest. <laughs> <laughs> It hasn't been 20 years, Anthony. It's oh, sorry. Maybe another one or two more years, and you'll be good. More like a few months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Carlos and Derek? What do you guys got? Well, for me, uh, I'm not as you know hardcore as as, as some of the people here talking. Um, I I started with way back in the day with with you know the cute little halflings. Why? Because you know the Hobbit, and uh, decided to do a druid. Um, that was my main, uh, I tried playing that for quite some time and it was a lot of fun, but like I said, it was casual. I never really got them higher to, you know, other than 50. Um, then when, um, the beast mat, beast Lords came out and I decided to make a nice little ogre, uh, Wundaba, And, uh, I played that until I decided to go to college <laughs> and I couldn't put the time in. So, and I'll say that, um, those were the two main ones. The other ones, the alt characters are really not worth mentioning how about you derek well it's been about 10 years since i've last played everquest and i've got to say that everquest is one of my all-time favorite games because it left me with so many memories i played eq on and off between 1999 to 2011 on the peevers p servers with my brother and i got up to level 80 with a necromancer named a baker man player killer whose sole purpose was to collect <laughs> the souls of other players <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well, my best memories are when you killed somebody in the originally and the game allowed you to loot one of the other players items including their weapon or chest slot so it put them back about 10 hours of gameplay so it's <laughs> <laughs> one of those <laughs> to me this uh high risk and reward peepers peace system is what made the game so great and oh, uh, how many how many crushed souls out there have you caused? How many how many people have cried <laughs> losing their items? Oh my gosh! How many life uh, paths were changed? But <laughs> uh, now it's time for some relaxing non peevers p or player versus player adventure with with my friends. So. See, I, I could never do that. I can never go to the PvP because of that fact. Be, you know, I, I, if you spend ten hours and all of a sudden somebody comes in and decides to, you know, kill you and or, or even you know befriend you and all of a sudden backstab you and take away your items and, and and you know sets you back you know hours or days, I, I just couldn't do it. I would just uninstall the game. <laughs> it was it was rough back then. I remember you know grouping with people and your your best buds by the you know four hours into a session. And you get you get low on life, and the clerk, you know, the group, he'll just look at you, and he won't heal you that one time. It's about time for him to log off, and he'll just kill you, take your stuff, and log. It was just depressing because you didn't know who to trust. Um, but Brutal. you know, here we are. Here we are. Sounds uh, like a server for so. Yeah, it would take you about you know four hours sometimes to travel back to your corpse to collect your items. Oh man, the corpse runs were brutal, and you and at the beginning you lost experience, right? When a player yep. killed you. As well. Yeah, you would lose experience, wow. and if you lost a level, um, you wouldn't be able to use your spells anymore. So you had to go rebuy your old spells, and uh, it was a mess. <laughs> How long did this last for? It was a couple years until they made it so you couldn't lose experience from PvP interactions. I think, yeah, I think now you don't lose experience and you can't loot the items off of people's corpses, which is probably a little bit more forgiving. Uh, 
than it, than it used to be for sure. And, you know, let's talk about kind of where we're looking to go with our new characters. So uh, we have played one session together with our, our new characters. And, and for the audience here, we've decided to make all known characters uh, for this adventure. And, and each week we'll go through and talk about a little bit about what we did uh, the following week and where we hunted and how things went. So uh, we'll, we're going to release the names of our characters right now. And kind of like we made little personalities and backstories to them for some role play. And uh, I'll start with mine. My character is a small uh, gnome named Nerf and Perf, an enchanter who doesn't feel very happy with how he looks. So he always changes his, his self to be taller or more beautiful inside. And my your goal for Nerf and Perf is, uh, you know, obviously he's not the best looking fellow. Uh, he's become an enchanter to try to figure out how to be happy with himself. But I really want this journey to be about him uh, loving himself for who he is. So maybe at the end, he won't need those spells uh, to change his appearance. He'll just be happy being Nerf and Perf. And, uh, you know, some of the goals I think I have him would i would love to get to level 60 with him and kill lady vox and lord nagafan that's like always been a dream is like killing the two big dragons from back in the day i've never done that and i would really like to maybe get the epic for the enchanter um i think that'd be really cool what about you guys what is your uh characters and what do you have in store for them um anthony i can't believe i'm about to say this but i'm having a bit of a senior moment right now and i'm i'm kind of forgetting my my gnome necromancer's name uh, I know it ends the bone. I know what it is. It's the tinkle bone. Tinkle bone. Winkle bone. Winkle bone. There we go. It is I would forget that name immediately if I was you too. I'm embarrassed for that name. <laughs> Winkle bone. Uh, I, think it's a good, I think it's very normal. Thank you, Carlos. Yes, I, I agree with you. Um, I created a decided to go back to a necromancer because it's been a you know such a joy character to play and um it's always welcomed in a group, a lot of DPS. They can offer a lot, you know, do a lot of different things. Um, also with Anthony looking possibly to get my Epic, but also more or less to do some of the side stuff, such as master, um, try to master all the languages and perhaps try to even learn a trade skill. Okay. Trade school. What trade school are you looking at? There's a lot. Possibly baking. Oh, it's tying this back to Baker man. This is like, you had a Baker man character back in the day and now you're going to have a Baker with this guy, but he doesn't have the name. It's, you know, it's a shame you didn't re re uh, cast it, but maybe the last name of your Tinklebone, possibly Tinklebone Baker man or something like that. Yeah. I want to try bacon in real life first. See if it works out. <laughs> he is. Hey, Steven, <laughs> Steven cooks a mean cookie. He makes some good chocolate cookie. chip cookie. Oh my gosh. You haven't, tried, tell you. You haven't, you haven't tried everybody else's. Yeah. Uh, so Carlos, Derek, what about you all? What do you got? I'll let Derek do the honors. All right. So my new character is a gnome wizard named Ever Nerd. He is a tale of a real life nerd who wasn't satisfied with just being a nerd in real life because real life is only temporary. So he wanted to be a nerd for all eternity. So he transmuted his soul into EverQuest where he can remain a nerd forever. That is why his name is Ever Nerd. And uh, his personality is straight to the point, calculating. And sarcastic. Love it. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like so a you're gnome, playing, Rick. You're playing yourself in real life and you transport <laughs> yourself into, into you, the yeah. Way to project, day. Anthony. Uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> exactly. hey, this is, you know, interesting. It's like, you know, in fantasy, you want to become like a lich for immortality or a vampire. 
uh this this ever nerd <laughs> figured out he could be a real immortal person <laughs> by being an everquest character uh wow i like it it's a very interesting that's uh, right cool all right uh carlos <laughs> what about you yeah mine's not a, as as happy uh, as everybody else's uh the my my character's name is uh tinklewinks uh, <laughs> i love that name a, carlos a, it is yeah it's, it's a fantastic name um but uh he grew up in akanon um unfortunately he um was a son uh who was ha- who was born out of wetlock mm-hmm. so the uh, parents decided to pretty much throw him out he was an orphan castaway who pretty much grew up in the back streets of Akanon. So Tinklewings only knew pain and suffering through his childhood. He would um, take shelter from the streets in the arcane library uh, during the nights. And during the days, he would go outside and you know try to get a little bit of money or extra, extra f- scraps of food that people would give him. Um, but um, it was not until one of those nights that he was spending in the arcane library that uh, he finally got caught. Uh, and uh, the person that caught him was actually a very old and wise mage, and he was uh, you know, very kind and patient. And it was him who actually introduced him to the, the powers of the arcane, and through that, he found purpose in life. So he promised himself to, that he will dedicate his life to mastering the arts of mending the wounds and helping the needy, so he became a cleric. And that is Tinklewings. Wow. So, sounds like the Pope. Hey, Carlos, yeah. that was a, a great story. I, I fell asleep halfway through. Can you start it? <laughs> wow, Derek. That's why I thought, I thought his that's character that, was based on the Pope. That Derek, is ever, exactly. That's Everner at its finest right there. Derek's <laughs> eyes glazed over. <laughs> sarcastic Everner. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> wow. So, uh, you know, we did uh, one session. We were up to level five, which is... Uh, crazy because and we only play for like four hours every Saturday is kind of what we're doing three three to four hours um, and you know getting a level five it's a big deal I remember back in when EverQuest originally came out you know I remember being you know getting a level five took me I don't know maybe eight months or a year I, I don't remember it took a long time but uh, it's crazy how the game has gotten a lot better in terms of quality of life and I think as we've gotten older as adults you know we have kids we have full-time jobs so I can appreciate that I can play a game for a couple hours and then get some progress versus before. So what do you all think about that changes coming back and playing and how it's a little bit different? Do you think it's better? Do you think it's worse? Um, what do you all think about that? It's amazing. If you guys want to see how fast it really goes, you should try the test server where experience is exceedingly fast. Here's the thing, though. I, the thing I like about the original EverQuest was the fact that dying was such a dramatic event right you lost xp you you had to go back and get your stuff and it was it was extremely dramatic whenever you actually died and i feel that now that they decided to go and and make it a a little easier just to i guess make like you said it's 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 a little better for everybody it's not as punishing to actually play everquest i find it i don't know if, if i'm in the in the minority here but i find it less rewarding to to level up um, yeah, it, it takes less time, and now that as we're older, it's more convenient. But I, I just think that it kind of takes away from that that perspective where it was actually very rewarding to level up and and not die and make sure that you you know you you take care of yourself. Yeah, I agree with Carlos. Before 
now it incentivizes you to take more risks because there's not much loss. You know, you could get back to the zone in 10 minutes. But before, when you died, your corpse stayed there. You lost all your health and mana. You restarted. It took you, you know, two hours to get back to your corpse because you had to go through all the the mobs to get there. And it wasn't easy to teleport from one zone to the next. And when you're playing a player versus player server, imagine running an hour to two hours back to your corpse with no items. And in the meantime, you got to worry about all other players that are, that are going to kill you. You got to wor- kill you. You got to worry about the Baker man, player killers. <laughs> <stalker>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get, now, now you got another corpse sitting there that you have to go back to. And then, you know, eventually three hours later, when you get to your, your main corpse, you got a guy sitting right on top of it that's ready to kill you again, you know? Uh, that's why I don't do PvP. <laughs> that was like a horrible experience. I don't know what what draws I, people uh, to the Peepers P server in the first place? It's got to be for sociopaths, I swear. Who goes around <laughs> like doing this stuff? I mean, you know, I will say in, in defense <laughs> of PvP, I'll say that uh, I found that the team PVP was actually really rewarding from a role play experience because, you know, you're not going to have dark elves and ogres and trolls grouping with high elves and humans and barbarians in, in the lore of EverQuest itself. So it was actually kind of neat where it um, almost segregated the, the continent in a way where certain zones were only for, you know, good characters and certain zones were only for bad characters. Cause if you came into those zones and you were, of the opposite alignment of, of the races there. It was a war, a PVP war that went on. So I found that kind of like more war. It wasn't as bad as like Rallo Sec where anyone can kill anyone. That's a little bit too hardcore. So I liked where you had, you know, if you're an evil character, you're not, you can't attack other evil characters. You're grouping with them. But if the elves come, you know, uh, or the good guys, you can fight them. I thought that was cool. With, with uh, some of that stuff, let's talk about some lore. So, Carlos, you've done some lore and, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about it uh, before, but let's let's rehash that now. Derek wasn't here. Let's see if we can stump the chump on that. And I might have some lore myself to add. And uh, let's go. So what do you got? Sure. Uh, first things first, uh, if obviously this is some kind of some some research that we've done online and, and obviously some of the sources could be conflicting. So if anybody has any extra information or if we have said misspoke or said something uh, in, in previous podcasts, please send us an email, let us know, and we'll definitely give you a shout out and you know redo their correction. So uh, with that said, uh, I kind of wanted first to go and have a little bit lower of the gnomes. Uh, and before we started, I wanted to just do a little pop quiz, see if, if the audience or if, if you guys can actually give us uh, some of these questions. Um, the first one being, can anybody name who the Duke of Underfoot is? Overtoe? Sure. <laughs> I knew this. I knew this one. Uh, it was Brel. I can't. I don't know if the last, the last one talked Sorrel? Brel Sorellis. Brel Sorel. Brel Sorellis, I think. Yep. yep. That's right. Brel Sorellis. Sor- the- Brel Sorellis. Go Got it. That's pretty good. Yeah. So he he's the think of him as the the god of the underworld of of all the the caves and the nooks and crannies of of uh, of Norath, and way back in the day he kind of had a little bit of an inkling to create the most wonderful uh, of all the races uh, in Norath, and obviously that's the gnomes. Uh, they are the shortest and the cutest of all the races in Norath. They are known to be inquisitive and they're always curious and eager to explore. The gnomes hail from Akanon. 
And it is known as the Clockwork City, full of mechanic oddities. And you kind of you can regard them as the hipsters of their age. They're always, you know, inclined to get the latest tech and they're eager to continue any, you know, advances in technology. But they're also known to dabble in the arcane. Akanon is known to have one of the greatest arcane libraries and pretty much rivals the, the library of Erudin. So the gnomes are known to take up all the magical pre- magical professions. And as you've seen in, in our podcast, all of us are actually going to be different magic we're actually going into those uh, classes. And also the followers of Bril Cerilius, they actually believe that all the surface in the world is pretty much a waste of space. And they pretty much find happiness in the caves and the caverns and the tunnels all over Norath. And like Anthony was saying before, we start we started our, our you know, one of the first sessions that we did, and we ended up going to Steamfall Mountains. And Steamfall Mountains is located in the continent of Fedor. Can does anybody remember or know where that name comes from? Fedor? Uh, no. I'm assuming it's the elves. I can't verify. I don't know. That's a gut. My gut's the elves. That's right. It, it came from, it, it did come from the elves when they moved from Antonica. Fedor in the continent, you can find three races. Obviously, the gnomes. You can also find the uglier cousins, the dwarves, and the wood elves as well. And Steamfall Mountain is named for the natural geysers and springs that you find in, in the Rocky Peaks. It, it's also known that a dragons used to live in Steamfall Mountains, and you can actually still find some fossilized skeletons all in uh, you can find one in the valley in the mountains. It's awesome. I want yeah. to see that. Yeah, there's and one in Steamfont Mountains right outside correct. the front gates, right? Yes. And when it comes to, uh, as you're low level, you start, obviously, your 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 adventures in Steamfont Mountains, and you can find a variety of mobs. The majority of ones you're going to find is, obviously, the Rogue Clockworks. These are pretty much passive mobs when you first come in. and But if you attack one and you kill one, they actually become kill on sight. So every time that you I find one of those rogue clockworks, they're going to start attacking you. So you got to be careful if you actually want to start doing that. Now, the rogue clockworks are like mechanical creatures. They look like a rat or like a, uh, not a snake, but a spider. They, so they have different mechanisms and these little things will kind of group up, right? Yep. You can also find kobolds. There, there's kobold camps all in Steamfall Mountains. And also there is one gnome that you will find in the caves, and he is pretty much the cult leader uh, from the Minotaurs. Do you guys remember who it was? Meldraff. Meldraff. Meldraff the Malignant. Yep. He (laughs) like level 30-ish. Yeah, so you can't just go in there and try try to beat him. He, he's a necromancer, and he has a nice posse of Minotaurs, and they can be quite pesky if you try to do that. Great guy. You know, uh, one of the things I found interesting about this now being older and and having designed uh, Dungeons and Dragons adventures and whatnot is kobolds in D&D are skilled uh, creatures that are of the lineage of like dragons and stuff like that. They're they're, they're almost like dragon-like, but in EverQuest, the kobolds are almost like bears. They look like like furry bears. I, I just wonder why... In, in a fantasy sense, they're using the same name to describe a creature, but one is a dragon kind of origin and the other one's like a, like a bear. So I just thought that was interesting. If anybody knows, uh, hit us up. And, and Carlos, I got a question for you guys now. Carlos, Derek, and Steven, last, zone we, last time we played, uh, we, for the, we hunted in uh, Crushbone as well. Does anybody know who is the leader of Crushbone right now? Emperor Crush? Emperor Crush. 
And you know that what's fascinating is I read that uh, there's actually some quest lines in the game. And as a kid, you know, you're you're hailing people and then like a bunch of text comes up and you you don't even read that stuff. You're like, okay, man, whatever. I, I just want to see what quests I can get by looking for the bracketed stuff and typing to them. But there's a quest line and it makes the story kind of interesting where in Crushbone, in Emperor Crush's tower, uh, his castle there, there's a little castle there is a dark elf ambassador and the story goes that the uh, dark elves are trying to work some type of treaty and alliance with the crushbone orcs to push out the ogres, which I did not know. Cause I used to be an ogre back in the day and uh, you know, I would ally with the dark elves, but apparently the ogres are kind of getting shafted by the dark elves and they're using the orcs to do this. So if you're an ogre and you go to the ogre city They'll give you a quest to go assassinate Emperor Crush and the Dark Elf Ambassador so that the treaty doesn't go through and you got to bring their hearts back. And then you get like a, a crude stein it is. It's an enchanter item. It's kind of why I'm interested in it. Uh, but it's interesting, you know. I just thought that was pretty cool that there's some political intrigue going on in the world of EverQuest. That as a younger, you know, teen, I had no idea that stuff was in there. But now I, as I get older, I'm reading about it. And it's kind of neat. Yeah, to to get to touch on that subject, did you know that what happened? Why the dark elves are trying to help the orcs get rid of the ogres? Oh, why? So uh, back in the day, the orcs were actually slaves to the ogres. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I'm 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 a little bit fuzzy and and on the lore on that, but I know that uh, way back they there there was some kind of a deceit, and the the orcs were able to free themselves from the ogres. And then they spread out through through Norath. I think Gareth was the name of the ogre that helped go into Fedor and into the woods to Fedar. And they're there with the wood elves. And what happened was when they first got in there, get into get got into the the, the Fedar, they had an issue with the wood elves. They have they they wanted to kind of set themselves up in Crushbone, and obviously the wood elves weren't too happy, and they got into a war. And that's why you have the the great burning that happened in in, in Fade Arc. But you know, to, to to actually just summarize this is pretty much that the the orcs were the slaves from the ogres. The dark elves are trying to help them to get rid of uh, the ogres just to help them out. But yeah, that's there's a lot of bad blood between the orcs and the ogres. Oh, I did not know. It gets some interesting context, and it's kind of making me want to go now. And uh, I you know I feel bad that we're gonna have to kill all the orcs now <laughs> but you know they don't like they gnomes they don't, Listen. they don't like gnomes so now we're gonna just have to you know i feel i i shed a small tear as i get ready to reinvade uh crushbone and put an end to them if it makes you feel any better the orcs wanted to completely annihilate all the wood elves they were trying to burn down their cities so don't feel bad for <laughs> well, them right <laughs> yeah so well Hey, everybody, you know, let's get, get ready to play some EverQuest. Um, I'm ready to jump in if you guys are. What do you say? Let's do, ready. It. do it. Never trust an elf. All right. Well, look, everybody listening, thank you for, for listening in to the Return to EverQuest podcast. We're going to be back in, a, in another week and a half or so, and we look forward to having you tune in. If you can, subscribe to our podcast and rate it. If you're on Twitter, I made a Twitter handle for the podcast. It is at return number two eq at return to eq but the two is an actual number so hit us up there follow us send us a message 
And we look forward to going through this nostalgic journey of classic EverQuest with you and, and having a great time. So we'll see you all next time. Take care. Bye.